0: I don't know what you did last night, New Year's Eve. Uh, I stayed home just with the family members. In the past, in our church, New Year's Eve was a big thing. We used to stay here at the church, gather around 8, 9 o'clock, and have tukuk, and then play some games until the countdown and we'll come here and do the countdown together. The whole body of Christ, we're here and uh, we're doing the usual, just uh, uh, making noise for the new year. But yesterday, uh, it was kind of quiet evening by the fireplace around 11.30, start watching the countdown on TV, nice and cozy, you not have to deal with the cold. You get a little smarter as you get older, I suppose. And, uh, the, well, 2017 happened, and this uh, commentator on TV was uh, asking, interviewing people. Uh, camera went from uh, New York to uh, uh, Miami. Well, Miami, they, were, like, they didn't have any coats on, nice and warm. I think people in Miami were like all drunk, you know? So this commentator was asking, What's New Year's resolution? And this was, the people were so drunk, they didn't know what to say. Oh, 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 one of those kinds of things. What they should have said, what they, we should all have said, 2017, I'm going to begin a new beginning, a new, gonna, new start to happen. My resolution is to forget the former things and move on. I thought that sounded pretty good. So that's going to be our message today. You know, the essence of today's message is this. The prerequisite for new beginning is to forget the former things. You can't start something new without forgetting about the past. One of the American poet born in Philadelphia back in 1967, his name is Jeffrey McDaniel said, I realize there's something incredibly honest about trees in winter. How they are experts at letting things go. And start all over again in the springtime. One of the greatest gifts that you can have. It is to be able to forget the things of the past. I can see movies, same movies, over and over again as if I am seeing it for, st- for the first time. Can, can you guys do that, the same thing? I don't know, just God gave me this forgetful mind, and I saw a movie about it a couple years ago. And, like, when I'm seeing, it's like seeing for the first time. I don't really know how to predict what's going to happen. I just, just zoom out all the past of that uh, story, and I just focus on that very moment. I can see good movies again and again and again. Who has bad memories? Don't worry, it's a gift. It's a gift from God. Even the atheist, Frederick Nietzsche said, the advantage of a bad memory is that one enjoys several times the same good things for the first time. That's what I'm talking about. When you forget the past, you can really begin to enjoy the life. Catholic-born writer Khalil Gibran said, forgetfulness is a form of freedom. You want the freedom? Learn to have forget. Well, 2017 is a new year. It's the first day. It's a new beginning. To begin a new year, to have a new hope, a new vision, to be able to sing a new song, we need to forget the past, because the past tend to drag us down, tend to fade our hopes. It's so Isaiah 43. Today's scripture, verse 18 through 19, commence us. Forget the former things. Do not dwell. Do not stay, do not linger on the past. Verse 19, see, I am doing a new thing. Who's doing the new thing? God is going to do new things for us. Now the question is this. How do we forget? That's easy. You're said, then done. How do you forget the stuff one may say, well, you've got to forgive so that you can forget. Well, that makes sense. Others may say, you can forgive, but you don't necessarily have to forget. Well, I say this. If you want to move on, if you want to forget, the end result is the peace and happiness, right? A joy, the excitement. Happiness is not the absence of something, but it's the presence of someone. You see, people think that peace, happiness comes when there are are absence of some things in our life, like no more words. So we got rid of Soviets. Now look what we have. The rise of the Middle East just giving us so much pain. It would have been a lot better if we had a Soviet. They can control those people. They did one time. So we think if we get rid of something from our lives, things are going to be better. That's what people think. No more words. No more hurts. I got this pain, and if I can get rid of this pain and the hurts, my life's going to be peaceful. We'll enjoy the happiness. No more illness. Oh, that boss of mine. If he can just resign from the company, Oh, that coworker! Oh, how about that spouse? If I could get rid of that spouse, <clears throat> my life would be so peaceful and so happy. But in God's world, the peace and the happiness comes from the presence of someone. If we are filled with him, his glory and his, the Holy Spirit, when we have him in us, when we are filled with his presence, our body gets what? Pressure lies to the point where all this, those unwanted things in our life will be pushed out, oozed out, and forced out. That's what we want. So who is this Someone? Some of these things, well, if I have, can find just new girlfriend or boyfriend. Or someone that I can really love. Well, the problem is they don't always last too long. And most of the time, the truth is that most of the time, much of the frustration, pain in life, that we cannot seem to forget, comes from them. (laughs) But one who is everlasting and one who can help us to forget is that someone whose name is our Lord Jesus Christ. His presence in our lives. The question is, how much of his presence is pressured in your body, in your mind, in your soul? Just having knowledge without being pressured, pressurized in our souls, in our minds, our body, it may not impact your life as much. When it's pressurized, other unwanted stuff have no place there; they ooze out. One of the best way to forget is to ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit. When I was young, uh, this is junior high school and high school, I used to ride bicycle all the time. You know, it's those days, like, we didn't have smartphones. So you can't sit around and play with the smartphones. There were no games that we can play with, and like electronic games. So what do we do with the kids? I come home from school, usually 2, 2.30 in the afternoon, and no one's at home. So my brother and I would just, God's side, ride bicycles. Everywhere. Same place around and around. Sometimes without, like a goal and destination, we just rode that thing hours and after, hours until 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock waiting for my parents to come home so we can eat dinner together. But you know, one thing about riding bicycle, we never left without air pump. Because we rode bicycle everywhere. Sometimes this bicycle gets flat tires so you lose, it's a pressure. When you lose this pressure, pressure and the the tire is no longer fun, so we carry this pump there 's a pump in the case of young people doesn 't know what the pump looks like that 's what it looks like. Show it yes. We used to attach that to the the body of bicycle, and we, we just stroke everywhere everywhere. One of the best ways to forget is to ask for The presence of the Holy Spirit to pressurize us. That's how you forget. You forget the past with the presence of someone by pumping, by pressurizing. But you see, but that's not good enough for us. You need to do something else, the Bible teaches. We need to focus on the purpose. In order for us to truly forget about the past, we need to be able to focus on something, that something is the purpose for life. Living with a purpose in life is one of the most important things for us. Our parents, our great Parents, for some of you, great great parents, during World War II or after World War II, through the Great Depression, the Korean War, they lived to survive. They lived to survive. They worked for food. When you're hungry, you can't think of anything. There's no real purpose in life. You realize the purpose in life is simply to eat. Their purpose in life was to find a shelter over their head. In those days, it was hard to think beyond. But those who focused on true purpose of life kept hope alive and kept purpose alive. So what is our purpose? What is your purpose for this 2017? What is your purpose so you can forget things of the past? Just as the prerequisite for new beginning is to forget the former things, what is also true is the understanding of the purpose of the life is prerequisite of being able to forget. And to be able to start a new beginning, and to make a new music of life, and to sing a new song. Many years ago, Pastor Rick Warren wrote a book called Purpose Driven Life. It's an excellent book. If you are forgetful, I suggest that you will, even if you read it, go read it again. To remind ourselves. I did an entire sermon on the book sometime you go here. He wrote that God had a purpose when He sent His son to us. He reminded us that our purpose in life is to return back to Him. That's our purpose. To summarize all the Bible here, to summarize the reason why Jesus came. The purpose behind all this is God simply wants us to go back to him. And that was his purpose. Our purpose maybe, be to return back to him. His purpose is of the same to bring us back to him. And then there's life in between. That's our focus. That's our purpose. And when our purpose, with your purpose, and when God's purpose, when they coincide, beautiful things happen. You may experience the explosion of joy and excitement and renewed energy, losing out all these frustrations in our life. You can feel the presence of that someone who could help us to lose out all unwanted thoughts and memories. So we want to return back to him. And in order for us to return back to him, we need to know clearly the purpose. And here's the message on the purpose from the king above. Ephesians 1, verse 11, 12. In him, we were also chosen. Just just take what this in. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Verse 12, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. Let me just unpack this. Let's let's look at this. It says the first phrase, we are chosen. God says, I am with you. He's saying, are you with me? I have chosen you so that we can do life together. Now it's easy to accept that. Then the second phrase, it says, "We have been predestined." You know what that means? A lot of people, especially Christians, have a hard time accepting the fact that what happens to us is predestined, and how to overcome needs to understand with his purpose it also means that God is infinitely capable of planning and then bringing about what he has planned. To support this, Isaiah 14, 24 says, The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will stand. Then God kind of seals what he says. It's like, like this, you know. Sign, we sign, and agent, they seal, and engineers, ask that we have to seal it. We've got to seal it. God says in Isaiah 46:10, I make known the end from the beginning. Our life, from the beginning to the end, is known now. From ancient times, what is still to come, I say, who is I? God says, my purpose was that. And I will do all that I please. That's his pl- purpose. That pleases him. Say that you have a trouble understanding this because you are facing some challenges. Say that you are having trouble understanding this predestined purpose because you are like trembling right now with the issues in your life. Isaiah 44, 8 may comfort you. Isaiah 44, verse 8 says, Do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? The challenges that we face, the pain, sometimes the ridicule that we face, it's been proclaimed, foretold a long time ago. You are my witness. It is, is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. That's capital R, capital R, the rock. God, there is no other rock. I know not one. When I was in the hospital, that's when I realized the fact that I'm in the hospital waiting for heart transplant surgery for six months is predestined. The question is, for what? It's very difficult to accept the fact. How could God have a predestined? How could God have a predesign that I'm going to go through this? I don't like that kind of God. That's easy conclusion that we make. That's because we don't yet understand the purpose. Today, you are here to understand the purpose. Remember, the purpose has to be in conformity with his plan. We have to be in conformity with his purpose and his plan. So the question in the hospital is, I get it, but for what? Why am I going through this? I get it. I'm going to go. I understand this. I may have to go through this. Why? 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 For what? Now, before we get to what, the next verse is about how our life is destined, predestined. Everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. For everything to work in conformity with the purpose of his will. I can't just reemphasize this enough. What he means is that his purpose and our purpose in life needs to be coincided. And verse 12 says the what that we're looking for. In order, the what? Therefore, in order. You want to know what? In order that we you and I, who are the first hope in Christ, who believe in the Christ, who are the Christians, we might be for the praise of His glory. You see, that's our purpose. Bringing back to Him is His, for His glory. For us, desiring to go back to Him is for His glory. Our purpose is for His glory our focus in life should be for that glory of His glory. In everything in His glory. So when I was in the hospital, I realized in everything, if this situation that I am in right now, if I am in agreement with him. We often talk about, are we in agreement with our Lord? If you are in agreement with our Lord, which meaning if we are in conformity with our God, then it's for his glory. Then God gives us a new beginning, a new thing, new insight, new everything. How is that true? Because all you got to do is look at our Lord Jesus, his life. His life was predestined. There is no Christians who argue against it. Isn't that true? Entire Bible is about predestination of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The entire book of Old Testament is all about the coming and coming of the Messiah. It's a predestination. An entire Old Testament talks about, when this man comes, he's going to go through wonderful time, joyful moments, but he's also going to go through some lot of challenges. He foretold that he's going to be crucified, he's going to be ridiculed, he's going to be mocked. All that was in the Bible. It was predestined. But when Jesus was, came here, he didn't want to go through that. Remember one time? He was like, ah, remove this cup from me. But at that moment, God's purpose <coughs> and Jesus' purpose in conformity, he said, do as you will. The moment he said, do as you will, thy will, your will. That's. For His glory. Jesus did not just forget about the past; He did that through forgiving us, so that He could focus on new things. What is this new thing? Yes, we all know the new thing was resurrection. But what is this resurrection? It was for reconciliation for us. So that we can now go back to him. What is this reconciliation? To take us back to him. That's how God made us. In other words, he designed us before we were made For the purpose of carrying his glory. The one of the best ways for us to really carry the glory is when we are challenged. How we react, how we embrace him during the tough times is the testament of how we can carry his glory. the best illustration that i can think of is this it's making automobiles in making automobiles those automobiles are designed predestined on paper before it was fabricated before it was made the entire component i don't know the Cars, each automobile has about, depending on the cars, about twenty thousand components, twenty thousand parts. Someone had to put it all together on paper before it was created. It has that means it's predestined. It's been already thought out that what's going to happen. And the purpose, it was designed for the purpose of carrying a driver and passengers to a destination. God did not design or we did not design cars to crush each other. We do that. We crash into other things and, and other cars. Yes, sometimes by mistake, sometimes by in life by rebelling. Our life, according to this passage, is this. God designed us for his glory, that's predestination he then actually created us physically. Then he breathed life into us for the purpose of carrying his glory. That make sense to you? If you don't, God designed us for his glory as predestination. He then actually created us physically. from the dirt, then he breathed life into us for the purpose of us carrying for his glory. But what do we do? Like some of the drivers, yes, we make mistakes. We rebel. And it's not God's fault. The summary of the verse 11 and 12 is this. We are predestined for his purpose. His purpose in us is to conform to his plan and that plan is for us to live to praise for his glory in everything so that we can sing a new song, we can begin a new thing so we can make a new music that was never sung before. The prerequisite for singing a new song and making a music of life is simply to forget the former things. Forgetting the former things it's hard to do. Those things are not easy to forget. They are emotional ones. Many of things that we have experienced tend to be ineradicable. Then tend to be permanent stain in our hearts. But we need to take one of those air pumps and pressurize our souls and minds and body with the Holy Spirit in order that we who are chosen, who are believers, who have hope in the Christ might be for the praise of his glory. May you experience amazing glory as we move forward with the year 2017, and ask God, with the power of Holy Spirit, help you to forget the former things. Forget the former things. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much.